Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we're digging through the snow to find a new appreciation for the last icy breaths of winter. And our tips might just inspire you to hibernate for a little bit longer. But first, it's Cozy in the News. First up on our Cozy News desk is the story of a Vermont man whose book became a bestseller 10 years after he released it, thanks to his daughter's TikTok. So if you watch the TikTok, the video shows um, how he worked full time with his kids. This is through the caption, you know, how TikToks have a lot of text on them. Though he put his work and his kids first, um, he did have this passion project on the side. It's a book titled Stone Maidens, which he published in 2012. And the video shows the author, Lloyd Devereux Richards, looking, I say this with the most amount of love possible, adorably dopey. He's peak dad energy. He's sitting at his desk, just sort of existing, and his daughter is like hovering her paparazzi camera all around him, (laughs) filming a TikTok. And they had sort of agreed, like she was like, I love your book. We're going to, I'm going to start a TikTok and promote it. And he was like, sure, okay. And she really got it going viral. I think it was truly, if you watch the original video, it's the authenticity of the dad energy uh, that pulls you in. You know, she puts out a call to get more sales for her dad and his book. And TikTok came through and there were a ton of sales. It shot up on the charts. The video went viral, obviously. But even cozier is his reaction video where he gets visibly emotional over the support and keeps it real at the end of the video saying, I'm ready for a nap. Check it out. The the link to the videos are in the show notes. Um, You may even decide to read Stone Maidens if you'd like. But I thought just the story itself of an author who finally gets recognition because writing a book is such a bold move of creative work. And I I really love when authors who create something and kind of just, you know, it it goes out into the universe and it fades away, but then somehow through the miracle of the internet, they get this attention later. It's uh, super exciting. And I'm very excited for this man and his daughter. I'm generally interested in the book. As I said, it was inspired by crimes that occurred while I was a student at Indiana University. Sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think it looks like it would appeal to the true crime lover. Yeah, that's very sweet. Daughter, his biggest cheerleader. Also, commend him for appearing on camera. I couldn't imagine my dad ever agreeing to even being filmed in the background. It's hard to say if he even knows he's being filmed in the original one. (laughs) Not with his consent. I'm not sure. Because he's kind of just sort of at his desk. He's not really looking behind him. And she's Mm -hmm. a little off his periphery. So I could imagine a world where he wasn't quite aware that he was on camera. I mean, the whole thing, you could look at it and be a little like, okay, I've seen this sort of somewhat exploitative kind of TikTok where it kind of tugs at your heartstrings and it it puts like an older adult at the center and they're not maybe quite as aware of what's going on as the person who's making the TikTok. But definitely the end result was a huge uh, boon for this man, even if they are, you know, somewhat pity purchases, maybe, you know, it's still attention all the same. 
<laughs> yeah, I, it seems well deserved, and congratulations to this man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember his name at the top of my head. Like Lloyd Palmer. Devereaux Richards. Pretty fancy. It's a, it's a great author name. In the spirit, I suppose, of true crime, <laughs> I wasn't sure if this would be cozy in the news, but hopefully I can justify it well. So yesterday I found out that the Jane Doe that I am distantly related to has finally been identified. Okay, so back up a little <laughs> bit, Jillian. So a while ago, Jillian went to a true crime conference. Yeah, crime con. You had discovered that you were related. Was this was this through some genetic history or, or backtracking you had done? Or was it that at the con or did you do that prior to? How did you find this connection initially to a Jane Doe? Yeah, I think context is important. <laughs> Thank you for uh, leading <laughs> into that. So, yeah, the DNA Doe Project, they generate all this funding to look into uh, you know, a bunch of cases throughout. Either it can go back a few years or it can go back decades. And it's this big movement to give you know these folks back their names. And so they had a booth at CrimeCon, and they were encouraging people to learn more information about it because they want more people to submit their DNA to GEDmatch, which is where they do their genealogical research. And so they have all these researchers and the more, you know, info you have and um, DNA, the easier it is for them to trace down these, these folks and uh, put together some trees. So I had been a fan of the DNA Doe project in the, in the past, just because of the the great work that they're doing and um, just how passionate they are. A lot of it is volunteer work. And so went up to the booth just to, you know, check it out. And they said that uh, they were, they had this billboard of all of these um, does and they said, Oh, what's your Jed match number? And they ran it through and I was distantly related to the Carson city Jane Doe, that's how she was referred to. Um, she was an older woman who was located as <laughs> a shallow grave. Um, and so they, there's not, no info on her. Um, I think it's in Nevada in Carson City. I don't want to go into the details, but what I think of is cozy. <laughs> tell, tell us what's cozy about this murder, Julian. <laughs> Well, it wasn't a murder. I guess it's more sad than that. Um, but so anyway, I found out yesterday she had been identified as Joyce um, Rogers. Mm-hmm. Some some outlets reported her Rogers being her middle name, but I don't, you know, I don't really know. Um, and it took, you know, eight years. We're in 2023 now. And I guess they had to go back nine generations to seven 17th century England and what made it hard was that all of the relatives were distant in in the Jed match that's why it took so long and I was a distant relative and what made it more complicated than that was that we were all not really we're all distantly related to each other so um, there could have been another match at CrimeCon but they would have been distantly related to me so it's just a bunch of distant matches that's why it took so long and um, it's just I think it's just really it's cozy to me to give people back their identities, especially like forgotten folks. A lot of these, you look on the DNA Doe project and a lot of, you know, them come, they come from different situations and always great backgrounds or they weren't deemed important enough to investigate or anything like that. So that's why the DNA Doe project focuses on those cases that are, you know, not, 
is highly prioritized. You know, in this case, this person was unhoused. And so that'd be more difficult for, you know, them to trace her. So that was a, I've been waiting on this. Okay. So this was, these were remains that were found that were not identified. So not necessarily yes. murder or anything like no. that, but just, they couldn't identify the the person yes. and now they were able to. So that is, that is, I, I get that. That is a, you know, it's, it's good when people, they get their identity back and it, there's a feeling of maybe they can rest in peace. Or people wondering what happened to your relative. Right, there's a exactly. lot of cases where, you know, there's so many different scenarios where you could die and, you know, they don't, they can't trace you and people are out there wondering. So yeah, that's, that's a sad thought, but a happy thought. Joyce got her name back. That's right. Cozy in the news. <laughs> and that's and that's also a mystery solved for you yes you got to learn who this person was and was it the only jane doe or john doe you were matched with yes that was the only okay. one so yeah so the the puzzle is complete yeah let's dive into our topic for today so we're really focusing on this idea of we are in the tail end of winter but there's still plenty of winter left <laughs> it's still cold Spring's not quite here. And we don't have the aid that we had during those ho- the holiday season of all the, the gatherings and festivities and all the things that kind of help us get through those cold winter months. We're sort of on our own through February. I mean, Valentine's Day is kind of something, but it's not enough. We all know it's not enough. So we're going to talk a little bit about some, some quick tips for how you know we can stay positive and upbeat, banish that winter gloom. And then Jillian and I both tried some uh, specific things around winter movies. We really looked at movies that showed winter in all of its stark beauty to celebrate it versus, you know, uh, try to kind of shy away from it. Or we, we, we wanted to really luxuriate in the beauty of winter. So we'll talk about those films. And we had a hot chocolate party <laughs> <laughs> where we made some crazy hot chocolate recipes to heat things up and, and keep ourselves warm during these final weeks of winter. Let's start off with some quick tips. And I know that, you know, just to get them out of the way to, to a certain extent, um, I, we have some specific ones that I think are fun for, you know, banishing winter gloom. But I think when you first hear this topic, if you're like me, you initially think of like a seasonal affective disorder. And, you know, we're not mental health or health experts in any way. So these are all just entertaining tips, um, to be clear. <laughs> and But some of them can apply to that. But I think we're kind of going more in the direction of not just the, the basics of, you know, maintaining our sanity during the winter, but also really bringing some sparks of joy as well. But I do want to say just from the jump, I know it's a bummer to hear someone recommend exercise <laughs> because we all know we should be doing that more. But the fact is like our gloominess around winter often sets in because we miss those daylight hours, especially I feel this working um, in education where I'm out the door before the sun and I'm at work all day while the sun's out. And then I come back and the sun's gone. It's like, where did the sun go? I, I missed all of it. That's sad, right? I didn't get to see any of that sunlight. So what does help a lot for mental health is taking walks, getting out there and exercising, especially during those daylight hours to soak in as much sunlight as possible. I've been doing laps, oh, wow! <laughs> like, like a little lab rat at my 
uh, work. Like at certain points in the day, I'll just go do some laps just to get some sunlight and some exercise and not, you know, stop sitting for so many consecutive hours. And that does help a lot um, and improve my mood. So that's one very basic tip. And I know you know that, but like, I, I, it felt like if we didn't say it, somebody would be like, you didn't recommend, you didn't like say the obvious thing. So there's the obvious thing. You know, they're pitchforks. Julian, I'm going to kick it to you for maybe a less obvious thing. I feel like I'm just like the wackadoodle of the today's episode. <laughs> like if you're a new listener, you're probably thinking, who is this woman? Jane Doe's <laughs> <laughs> nano tape bubbles. That's what I'm recommending next. Yeah. So I recommend exercise and, and Jillian's here to talk, talk us through a tape bubble. Uh, what's a tape bubble, Jillian? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, I came across it an ASMR Instagram account I follow. I think I mentioned on the Rocket City um, episode because we were talking about cozy toys from our past, and mm-hmm. the, the ASMR account is about playing with those old toys and very cozy. So there's a nano tape bubble, which essentially is you have nanotape which is a special kind of tape it has to be double-sided it's not scotch tape it's more heavy duty and so what you're doing is you're pulling up this nanotape you you cut a a piece of it and you you fold it and then you stick a straw it has to be like a what's that kind of reusable straws that are i think a metal straw a metal straw yes a metal (laughs) straw and you stick it into the the opening of the the tape bubble um, the tape, sorry, and then you you heat it up with a hair dryer, and then you blow into it, and you have this tape bubble, and it's just some fun little thing to tickle the senses. It's different than your typical craft, and what I think about that's fun about it is you can put sparkles in it, or some. I saw one video where they put little love notes in it and made a Valentine's Day bouquet out of the the tape bubbles. I. Followed, I went to this one account. Um, her name is Macaroon on YouTube. And that was a very helpful tutorial because I had a feeling I was very ambitious when I put this to Matt. I said, let's make some nano tape bubbles that are winter themed and get sparkles. And Matt said no to sparkles. And I completely understood why. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I have like a no glitter rule. Like, And, and sometimes I, I mistakenly get like a card or for, I didn't realize I had glitter on it. And now I have glitter all over my hand on my kitchen table. So yeah, I saw the glitter component and I was like, I will appreciate these from afar. They are very beautiful. Imagine like a really clear bubble that, mm-hmm. that you've concocted out of tape and on the inside is all this like really wonderful, you know, glitter or any, really you could put anything you want inside of it. It doesn't have to be glitter. Yeah, I put the sprinkles that I used for the hot cocoa that I'll talk about mm. later in the episode because I was going to do the sparkles, but then macaroon said that you can get spark you can inhale sparkles and so with my medical anxiety i was like oh god you know (laughs) inhaling sparkles so that was a a, like a nice little swap uh but yeah you can do it for any holiday i was thinking i could make a saint patrick's day inspired one and i was really nervous this was going to aggravate my add rage where if i don't understand it right away or if i I can't do it. I can't follow instructions. I could see myself having a mini meltdown. But like I said, Macaroon did a really nice job of prepping uh, all the instructions, showing us all the ways that it could go wrong, what straw to use, um, helpful tips. You have to pull the tape off after you blow into the straw right away. Otherwise, it's going to collapse in it of itself. And so 
definitely it'll take a few tries even she's so skilled in it it took her a bunch of tries what's great about the nano tape is that it doesn't collapse as easily as other tape bubbles there are different things you can do out there and tape bubbles that you can make but the nano tape is what makes it squishy and it's and stays and it holds and you can play with it and it's just a you know i think when we're inside in winter we're finding we're struggling to keep our senses tingled or we're struggling to just i don't know do something fun and creative and playful and childlike and so this was a really nice thing that i tried and i don't know (laughs) how it came into my orbit um and why i decided to do it but just look cool on instagram i thought hey why not yeah, it is sort of magical once they inflate the bubble. And this looks like a really cute craft for, you know, you're stuck indoors. It's really cold outside anyway. Great thing to do with the kids um, or with other family members uh, to make sort of, they actually almost look like little in and of themselves sort of mental health devices like stress balls or like things that can kind of like, you know, relieve tension. So I think, I think there's that too. If you're finding yourself feeling very tense this winter, this could be a nice craft to focus yourself in the present moment. Oh yeah, totally. And when we're coming up with this episode, we're, we're thinking, I think in four different components of how to defeat winter gloom. And I believe this was in the get playful, get childlike. Um, Yeah. yeah. Waken the senses. Exactly. And, and that's a macaroon with a Q. M-A-Q-A-R-O-O-N. And we'll have the link to the tutorial video in the show notes. Back to me with my basic suggestions. (laughs) We learned this from our Huga studies, if you recall. You know, that Danish art of coziness. They really talked about the importance of small points of light, really bringing warmth to your home, like tea lights, things like that. And we really feel that during the holidays because there's such an, you know, there's an abundance of fairy lights up and, you know, holiday lights. And I I do think during the winter, it is nice to keep up some of those interior lights, maybe some of the more generic ones, or you could really customize it for every single holiday. Like you could have pink lights for Valentine's Day, things like that, to keep your interiors feeling cheerful. For me, um, I really just go through a lot of tea lights myself. I, you know, light them up and that helps generate a lot of huga. Uh, in the home during the winter months. So that's a very simple tip. And one other thing I'll share that's maybe a a little more uh, unique is uh, if you're like me and you like playing video games, you can really brave the winter elements from the cozy comfort of your own home through a new game I want to recommend that actually just came out this month on Valentine's Day called Blanc. It's an artistic cooperative adventure that follows the journey of a wolf cub and a fawn stranded in a vast snowy wilderness. They must come together in an unlikely partnership to find their families. It's an independent game. You can find it on Steam for um, PCs, or you can. Uh, it's on Nintendo Switch, which is where I played it, and it was $15. It's a short game. It's only a couple hours. It's this beautiful sort of pencil drawing it's black and white so everything's rendered looks like it was drawn by pencil which was a really beautiful graphical look to the game the game comes alive when you play with a partner because one person controls one animal and the other person controls the other and you have to work together to solve the puzzles to move on to the next stage honestly as much as you're solving puzzles they're very basic it really is just you're kind of 
taking in the beautiful graphics and running through the winter and you can like slide through the snowbanks and it's just a very cozy slow game it's not difficult <laughs> or mm-hmm. it's not going to challenge you in that way of like you're not sitting there for like two hours like banging your head against the wall trying to solve the the zelda dungeon or something it's not like that it's a very chill game it's okay playing it alone that's that's how i uh, tried it first but it comes alive when you play with a partner so even if you live with somebody who doesn't like to play games hand them the joy con make them play it <laughs> with you because you'll have a lot of fun gallivanting through the winter snow together to find your families well to first address your your light recommendation you're the king of lights you got me in wow. on the thank you, <laughs> you, <are. laughs> you always have so many candles and your house is always so beautifully decorated with little touches, but you got me hooked on those electric candles that we've talked about a bunch uh, on the show. And so it's, a, it's just a little things that makes your, your home feel more cozy and inviting and just magical during the months that can kind of go on and on when you're in the depths of winter, even through March, because this mm-hmm. is going to come out at the end of February and uh, March can still be one of those those long winter months. Oh, yeah, but for sure. going on to the game, I watched the trailer. It is so stunning. I, I agree with you that it is, it's, it's, it's just so beautiful, the wolf cub and the fawn. And when you're looking in even this trailer, there there isn't any other folks inside or animals. That's what I love about it. It's just the winter is the other character and it's just so beautiful from the snow. And then they're, they're jumping in the snow banks and there's, you know, snowflakes and it's just it reminds me of the visuals of the the snowman that yes. It's mm-hmm. just just like that. And so if you you love that, um you'll probably like this. Now I want to play with it. Play with yeah, it. Yeah, when you're over we should play around. It's like it yeah. honestly it it's a very short game. It's only you can finish the whole thing in uh two hours or less. It's it's kind of like watching a movie with somebody. This is actually a really good date game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you want to steam up your your winter night uh invite someone over and hand them a joy con <laughs> all right well valentine's day i guess you know if you're late to the party and you know. yeah <laughs> so switching gears a bit um i went to a workshop the day before valentine's day at pf candle co and we have have reviewed their candles before it was a love thyself workshop and we made a cordial with the owner fat and the moon, Rachel bud. And she taught us how to make a love cordials, but self care, you know, love thyself. It's self-explanatory. So if you're not familiar with what a cordial is back in the day, it was had was used for medicinal purposes. It had a bunch of herbs and spices and alcohol and, you know, it's supposed to cure your ailments and the Latin variation of cordial means of or for the heart. So definitely had a strong uh, medicinal background, but today it's used just to sip and enjoy or, you know, the smaller ailments you might have, you have trouble sleeping or digestive issues could also be made to um, be set with an intention. So like in this class that I did with, with Rachel, it was to, you know, get that, that love feeling back for yourself and appreciate, you know, outside of a partnership who you are. 
And it could be, you know, if we're doing a winter version of that, maybe it is just to, you know, rest more or whatever the intention you want to set. Um, Rachel recommends making a cordial on a new moon. And so I found on her website a winter tonic cordial recipe. And it involves a lot of herbs actually similar to what we used for our Love Thyself cordial. Rose hips, sliced ginger, berries, cardamom pods, black pepper, brandy, osha root. And how Rachel did it was she had all of her herbs and all of her, all the special stuff going into the this um, glass mason jar. And so she recommends filling it up one fourth of the way, so a quarter of the way, and then filling it up with brandy. And then you let it sit for um, two to six weeks. So if you're starting your, as you're stirring and putting all the brandy in, you set your intentions. So if you're going to do it on a new moon, then you know, when you have the full moon, then you can sip it. Rachel mentioned how what's special and unique about cordials, and I, that's why I think it's going to be a really cozy winter activity, is that it it ebbs and flows with its taste. So it might taste great the second week, and then the third week it gets super funky. But then it gets awesome again on the, f- the fourth week. So it's really like you're you're working with this cordial and letting all of the spices and you want to put fruit in there. Like our cordial had um, oranges in it. And so just get all those great juicy flavors. It's a really fun thing and it's easy to do on your own. And so um, especially when the winter, we need to be focused on our healing, whether you're just getting through a sickness or you're feeling you know a little lonely or disconnected. I think cordial is a great way to connect back with our roots, not to do a, a pun and throw a pun in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the cordial that I had was really tasty and it's like a good night nightcap or it made my insides feel, feel like feel warm. I think that was the point of the, you know, the intent with the cordial is just to reinvigorate your senses and what you might've lost touch with. So check out a cordial. You can make, go through different recipes or make your own recipes. Um, and yeah, give it a shot. And you check out the winter winter tonic cordial recipe. I mean, that's up your alley. This looks amazing. I mean, I, I think we're definitely on the show a fan of anything remotely witchy. Yes. <laughs> and then it, once you put add booze to it, it's definitely appealing. Yeah. And so yep. there, I think every element of the you know the the action of really planning to create this and fermenting things for a couple of weeks and and bringing it back. So all of those pieces of it make it such a fun um, activity for uh, kind of self-care, not just in terms of like the consuming and the joy of drinking the cordial itself, but also uh, being present in the process of making it. So I I really love this as a, not just a drink, but as a, you know, a a fun way to slow things down and uh, stay mindful uh, during the winter months. Yeah, very well said. And I forgot what each ingredient means but rachel walked us through where she was explaining how each ingredient pertains to a specific part of your body Mm -hmm. and all the special properties each ingredient has but yeah i'm definitely gonna make make my own and all things cozy cordial (laughs) we need a signature one for sure yes well before we get into some of our signature hot chocolates we're going to talk about a couple of movies we watch to uh, really celebrate winter and all of its gorgeousness because i think one way to appreciate winter is to really take it for what it is instead of trying to rush to the end of it but to really 
I sorry I, I keep bringing up mindfulness. I don't I didn't really intend to in this episode, but it's coming up a lot. Time will move faster when you're enjoying yourself and really being in the moment versus like waiting and yearning for those spring and summer months. So Jillian initially shared a list of films and short films um, that really showed the beauty of winter. And it was a really awesome list. And then I was like, I, I wondered if there are more even beyond this list of movies like that. And it was quite difficult, at least in my experience, to find titles that that showed winter and celebrated it that weren't related to the holidays. That was an interesting process to discover that difficulty. <laughs> we both kind of leaned documentary in this, uh, which tends to be the genre that really is interested in showing winter and really letting you like linger in the beauty of it. Uh, I'm going to have Jillian start off with her pick because it was the one on the list that she added that I thought looked the best. So I want to hear from her. How was Winter's Watch? Well, just to give a little expand on the context you gave, I thought this list was really interesting. The title is Eight Films for the Middle of Winter, so it hit mm -hmm. right on what we were looking for. And I think not only there's a documentary element, but all of these suggested films focused on a lone wolf, so to speak, someone who is very solitary and um, introspective and independent uh, just to give a quick example, there's this film called Olga, To My Friends, and it follows um, a young woman who is the sole occupant of a supply post where reindeer herders store their supplies until spring. So that's just an example of um, what these films were kind of about. And they're all short, like Matt said. Mine was 14 Minutes, Winter's Watch. It's directed by Brian Bolster. And the plot is, Located 10 miles off the coast of mainland New England, the Oceanic Hotel is the grand yet far from modern home to the thousands of guests who brave the choppy seas to visit during the warmer spring and summer months. Off-season, the hotel on the 43-acre star island in which it sits is home to Alexander de Stigger, its winter caretaker who braves the colder, darker months of inclement weather by embracing the solitude and finding inspiration in life what would otherwise be considered the bones of winter. And Alexandra has been the caretaker of this hotel, but when the documentary was made, uh, for 19 years. So it's definitely something that she loves and enjoys. And she explains in the film that when she was growing up, she was shy and kept to herself and was as quiet. So naturally, um, she was drawn to this kind of work and she looks forward to it every year and she described it as a homecoming and it's just beautiful uh i could see it i could see it going both ways so some people might watch this and think it's a little eerie because um definitely has ghost ghosty vibes haunted <laughs> haunted hotel vibes and she even mentioned that um one time this person i guess had broken into the hotel and she came upon him and he his eyes got wide when he saw her because he thought that she was a ghost. <laughs> so there's in that element to it, but it's breathtakingly beautiful, very meditative. And just her quietly going through the hotel and doing her caretaker duties and following her through this as she's pe penning a, a verbal love letter to, to Winter. And one of the quotes that I love, and it's in, the beginning of the film and opens with this is um, winter has a quiet exuberance. It's dormant and you have to look closer to see it. 
because there's not all this tuning of colors and vibrant life. You have to look into the bones of it. You can see that it's still alive, but it's this dormant, sleeping life, the structure beneath it. That's what's visible in winter. And I love the phrase, a dormant, sleeping life, because that's so true. Winter on the outside looks dead, desolate, but it's just teeming with what's to come. And there's so much activity. And Rachel touches on that, too. It's so much life and death in winter. She, you know, there's a shot of a, a, a dead bird that she comes across on the shore. And it's just, it's that circle of life thing and appreciating it. And um, it's just it's amazing. She's a photographer, too. So she shows off her photographs, which are just stunning and beautiful, that she takes throughout her time caretaking during the winter. I really highly recommend it. I watched it while I was making my hot chocolate, while making a soup <laughs> while watching it. Just something that's, it's a nice little digestible, cozy, short, short film. I don't know if you watched it, Matt, too. I didn't watch the the whole thing, but I did check it out for a little mm-hmm. bit. It shows this hotel in all of its stark beauty, and it's like this white New England style, colonial, I don't know. Yeah, um, that's a good way to describe it. Everything is very bare, but the white winter light the, the way it's cast on the interiors and the windows, it's so quietly beautiful. I think this is a great short film, easy watch. You you have 15 minutes. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I It gave me a new appreciation for the winter and someone who can do something like this because I was having these fantasies of me escaping and being a caretaker of something similar. Yeah, there's, and- there's almost something a little uh, The Shining about it, but like, in a, in a cozy way. <laughs> yes, the cozy shining. <laughs> what did you watch? I stumbled across this movie called Happy People, A Year in the Taiga. What caught my attention initially is that it's a film by Werner Herzog, who directed Grizzly Man, for example. If you watch The Mandalorian, he was in the first season of that. This movie was originally directed by a Russian filmmaker named Dmitry Vasyukov, and Vasyukov filmed a four-part miniseries about life in the Siberian taiga in 2007. Uh, Herzog saw that, was like, I love it. <laughs> and he, <laughs> that's my best Werner Herzog voice. And he took it and he shortened it into this feature film and he narrated it. He wrote his own narration. So he, he Herzogified it from this footage that somebody else shot. Essentially, here's here's the description of it to give you an idea of like what this film is about. Deep in the wilderness, far away from civilization, 300 people inhabit the small village of Baktia at the river Yenise. There are only two ways to reach this outpost, by helicopter or by boat. There's no telephone, running water, or medical aid. The locals, whose daily routines have barely changed over the last centuries, live according to their own values and cultural traditions. Happy People, A Year in the Taiga, follows one of the Siberian trappers through all four seasons of the year to tell the story of a culture virtually untouched by modernity. You don't even have to imagine it. You, I, I, I just told you Siberian Taiga. You know this life is not you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, clock. But it pulls you in to a much simpler form of making a living, of experiencing the seasons. And I, I, I will warn viewers if if you are sensitive about uh depictions of hunting they they do show some of those trapped sables you know and i say this as like a vegetarian <laughs> like i i have my feelings about you know i i'm I, I don't approve of that sort of thing but 
watching it as like a, a a slice of life. This this look into this really terrifyingly beautiful part of the world during its harshest months, and it's some of the most it's it's beautiful nature footage. I would say half the film is beautiful nature footage, snowy landscapes in these uh, coniferous forests and. And then also because it shows summer and spring and it's, you get the context of the winter and and how the landscape changes, which I thought was really nice. Kind of like Julian said about the initial list of these winter films and some interesting connecting thread with all of them is that it focuses on individuality. This like movie really celebrates this idea of this is a hard way to live. They, these people have a lot of freedom and individuality and they are happy even though they are very uncomfortable <laughs> and yeah. and tired and work really hard. Yeah, I think there's two things about this. And the first piece is that winter, it, it, it can take a long time to, to pay off because um, you're, you're going through it to, to get to spring. And the fact that this film takes place over a year, I mm-hmm. think, speaks speaks to that it's it's um just the the time and effort you put into it for for the reward to to see it all through it's not like you just went there for a few months it was the whole you had to see go through the whole year to appreciate Mm it and like you said just appreciate the changing landscapes and to see it flow from one to the next and then the other piece is that winter is i think where you can really focus on the individual more so than any other season. It's so introspective and that can, and that's really cozy too. Cause you're not going out with friends as much. I mean, you, you can, but especially if you can't do even things outdoors, um, you're seeing less people on the streets. Um, it's just a time to really reflect and for better or for worse. And just to get to know yourself on a deeper level. This film really highlights that as these trappers move from the village where they're, you know, they're there for the spring and the summer months more as they gather their supplies and they do work to set up for the winter, but like they get to see more people during those months. But once the winter hits and that's, it's time for them to, to do the trapping and to, you know, go around and, and set up and maintain those. They're on their own for many months. This movie is a dog movie more so than anything else. And about humans relationship with dogs these dogs have jobs they're very uh they're viewed they're valued based on how good they are as hunting dogs and which is and there's this one really incredible scene where the the trapper goes back to the village for uh christmas and the dog follows his snowmobile running the entire like all day and night the guy does not let the dog on the snowmobile this the dog runs after the snowmobile don't tell me that I can't well, watch this. No. The dog makes it. They all make it. It's part of what's incredible about this movie is how much it shows these the endurance. And it, it does make you appreciate if you're like, I'm sad, I'm cold during winter. Like, you're not a dog running after a snowmobile all day. Yeah, it could, could be. <laughs> it could be, be worse. worse. <laughs> Wait, so he just was this the the trapper kind of training the, jo- the dog to be Brazilian and a lot of that yeah because like the the dog the, at least the the way the film shows the relationship between the dogs and the and the, the trappers 
They stay outside in their own pens. They're not inside. They're fed very intentionally, just a small amount in the morning, and and they eat their fill at night. It's not an easy life. But honestly, I would say it's an easy film to watch. In all honesty, I'm, I'm making it sound like you're trudging through Hardcore, it, and it's so hardcore. Yeah. It's 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 not. It's like you're 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 watching it passively, and it's beautiful. And yeah. these people have these hard lives, but you're just sort of like in awe of the simplicity of it, all of it. Yeah. I And just to see another way of life. I don't think I would ever probably touch down on this other otherwise. So Yeah, no, I, I was so happy I found it. So what were we sipping? Well, we were, were sipping on some hot chocolate. Yeah. Let's start the hot chocolate party. What better way to heat up these winter months than to uh, enjoy some hot chocolate? And we know you know all about hot chocolate. We want to try some out there recipes, a little off the beaten path. So Jillian, what hot chocolate recipe did you try for our party? I tried Winter Wonderland from Jerry James Stone. This recipe was uh, supposed to be CBD infused, but I I skipped that. I just loved it because it looked beautiful and and fun and festive. And I wanted to try something different from Matt because only so many zany, um, out there, fun, festive hot chocolate recipes that one can do. Uh, So this was a great, I guess a accompaniment to to Matt's choice, which he'll get into in a bit. But this drink, I wrote up a little description. It boasts a frosty blue color and fun, pretty snowflake sprinkles. It's a delicious drink that will help you slay right out of the holiday cocoa and into wintry bliss. It involves two cups of milk, full milk, then a one cup and a half of Half and half. I believe it's one teaspoon and a half of um, vanilla extract, one teaspoon of salt, seven drips of blue food coloring, and you stir it all together. And this is where I kind of messed up. He recommends lining your cup with whipped cream in a spiral. So it's like a little fancy, um, but mm. mine looked like a, a madman did it. Or <laughs> 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 this lack of coordination. And so that I, I, if you're not good with coordination, I don't recommend it. And then you top it off with your whipped cream. And then on top of the whipped cream, you put your, your sprinkles. He used a little different sprinkles than, than I did. He had more, more color in his sprinkles. Oh, how could I forget? The white chocolate chips. I'm sorry. It's not just milk and half and half. It's your white chocolate chips, um, three-fourths of a cup. Um, That gives it that helps with the, you know, tastiness and and creaminess. And um, that's your your base. Um, So he used some uh, different kind of sprinkles with color in it. I just used blue snowflakes. So there's a blue sprinkles and then white and blue snowflakes. And I sent Matt some some pictures of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really pretty. It's like this soft uh, light blue with the whipped cream. It's a snowbank and you're, it's, a, it's a little wintry mix of uh, hot chocolate. Yeah, it was, it was really beautiful and, and fun to make and it looks great. I love how this is a creamy drink as you're into creamy drinks. Uh, this is it. I, it's a little too sweet for me, and I don't really love white um, white chocolate, so I went into this biased. I also want to shout out a one that I was going to try, even though it's not winter theme, but just seemed fun to make. Halloween hot chocolate. It's the same concept. You're dyeing your your white hot chocolate different colors. So there's green and orange, 
purple Halloween themed hot chocolates and this grandma who's the, the, the website is this grandma is fun.com and she is fun <laughs> the uh little marshmallow all grandmas are fun <laughs> yes. not she always true go- but <laughs> this one is she made ghosty faces and then she eyeballs and on her marshmallows i guess there's edible markers so i i it, going through this exercise it taught me that there's lots of different ways to make hot chocolate but if you're not into white chocolate mm. i mean Kind of out of luck. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you use tip? Yeah. So I created um, a unicorn hot chocolate uh, by Fave Family Recipes. Honestly, the recipe is very similar to Jillian's. It's, and I think all of these sort of novelty hot chocolates, if you're adding color, you have to start with a white chocolate base. I share Jillian's bias against white chocolate. Now, I will say I want to like white chocolate. I try it every year in some way, shape, or form in the hopes that maybe I'm wrong about it or maybe my my tastes will change because I, I think it's so cute looking and like, you know, I it, I want to like all types of chocolate, um, but I always find it to just to be a little, maybe just too creamy or something versus I'm missing that chocolate bitterness that I'm looking for. But yeah, same kind of thing. You White chocolate chips, milk, half and half, vanilla extract, mm-hmm. and whipped cream. And then in this case, you do pink food coloring for the appearance. For me, I just used red. And then, you know, you don't use a lot of it. It's pink. <laughs> yep. There you go. I really like this idea for uh, kids where you could, you know, get a whole bunch of different types of multicolor marshmallows and sprinkles and candy, and they can really top it the way that they want to. Um, I thought that'd be really fun. It definitely brought joy in terms of the color. And I think that's like one thing that was nice about these novelty hot chocolates is they just sort of bring a little spark to your day that yeah you know, a regular hot chocolate would have been delicious. I probably would have liked that more from a taste perspective, but it would not have like entertained me so much. You're making it mostly for the entertainment value <laughs> versus the taste factor. But I think kids either way will will love uh, the in, sipping on their unicorn hot chocolate. Yeah, I think you hit on something important about banishing the winter gloom is that we're, we're all focused on the entertainment value. Mm-hmm. We're, we're bored, bored during winter. We need to <laughs> add some color, have some fun, do something zany, kid-like. Uh, it's nice fun to try something new. Now I have these uh, cute sprinkles. These yeah, sprinkles. now I have a bunch of white chocolate chips. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that too. I want to see your unicorn I you know, know you it, it wasn't, it, it didn't turn out beautiful for two reasons. For, I, I didn't photograph it. One, I realize to make these recipes work, you have to have like a, or to, to make them photogenic, you have to have a glass mug. Jillian has a glass mug. So her, you get to see the full color of her hot chocolate. I have regular, uh, you know, boring mugs. So it could be it could be any color in there. You can't once you put the whipped cream on top, but you can't tell. <laughs> it's like you have a zany cup of um, sprinkled. And, cream. and that's the other thing is like I didn't do the whole like marshmallow and sprinkle toppings because I was like I'm never going to use it. And wait, wait, let me get this straight. So it's just a red hot cocoa. Yeah, it was just white chocolate with- hot. You know, white chocolate hot cocoa dyed pink. And then, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not going to buy sprinkles I'm never going to use again. 
Um, I already bought the white chocolate. I'll never use again. <laughs> no, no one even would know that, like you said, it was pink. So it just looked like you were sipping on whipped cream. Yeah, it's like you know, what's the what's yeah. the point there? So like, I would say even better if you have like glass mugs or you know yes, can, can really enjoy the color of it. It's important. Once, once you get up. through the topping, you do get to see the color more. But I would say the pink too. It felt like more of a Pepto Bismol pink in my case than like a pretty unicorn pink. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that the our listeners have more talent in this area than I do, and so I think their unicorn hot chocolate will look Mm -hmm. um, extra sparkly and magical. All right. Well, we have our hot chocolate. Let's accompany them with some soothing sounds. Jillian, what sound is soothing you this week? It's the Halloween Story by Andy Schiff, released February 10th from the album Norm. And Andy's albums, past and now present, often are mini stories. And so the whole album connects, or most of it connects to the other. So it's almost like he's talk singing. I just liked this song. I can't really explain in, in depth why it spoke to me, but it's just a fun little song and it makes me me laugh. So if we listen long enough, there's and it just reminded me of myself too. <laughs> <laughs> Here is the Halloween store by Andy Schoff. I started my car and as I did, I wondered if I'd locked the house. Walked back and found that I hadn't. But now my keys were in the car Walked to the car, pulled the handle and it snapped back At least I'd locked one door Reached my hand through the open window Pulled the lock, forgot about the house And drove to the Halloween store I love the warm tone of the music And the lyrics are so amusing Like it's a, it's an, it's a really light, funny song yeah, very light and funny. And I love the little na 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 like I, <laughs> I can't I can't do it, but it's it's just very like fun they, they, and there's like shimmers in it. Yeah. Shimmers, that's the best way to yeah. say it. You nailed it. Shimmers. Yeah, it's I, I really I dig this song. Anything with the word Halloween in it, I always give a bunch of bonus points too. This is no exception. Yeah, and he said that he wanted to release it um around Halloween, but he just um got distracted and didn't get around to it okay that also speaks to me (laughs) that's us uh what are you listening to okay well apology in advance it's caroline polachek again her new album just came out desire i want to turn into you i already highlighted a track from it you're so bored of hearing me talk about this artist and her new album but i had to sound the alarm because there is a new dido alert New Dido alert. And when I, I first saw Caroline, I was like, God damn, I can't. But when I saw Dido, I was, I, I said, okay, we have you, to. You, you understood why I put this I on here. It's like, yes. Our listeners have to know that Dido is uh, on this track. In fact, so is Grimes. Uh, so this is Fly to You by Caroline Polachek featuring Grimes and Dido. Let's take a listen. I 
like the I Fly to You interlude. Yeah, it's it's a really Pretty. cozy song. It ha- It's funny mm-hmm. because it has like these sort of electro pop elements to it. You get this almost like you feel it the most kind of uh, high tension when Grimes is singing because I think especially I'm I'm, I'm conditioned uh, to associate Grimes with a little bit of like heart pumping, like mm-hmm. uh, pulsing electro music. Uh, but then Dido comes in and slows it all the way down and calms you down. And so does Caroline. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a fun, it's an interesting trio. I would have never, I would say I would have never, but I didn't expect these three to collaborate and it's fun. It's like a, it's, once again, the Avengers. Yeah, it does. It feels like the Avengers of um, female electronic music. It, the only one missing is like their like team leader, Enya. <laughs> Calling them all home. Anyway, after we've flown to you via music, let's fly to our candle review. Jillian's got the candle this week. What are we sniffing? We're sniffing Nostalgiana's signature You Know Me candle. And it's a beautiful uh, Nostalgiana. Cat. I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I came across it at this uh, little fair, Japanese vendors, and see, because it's hand made in japan oh it's really pretty it's a beautiful like almost looks like yeah it's like it's like a hand-drawn uh print of cats all around it yeah it's so when i saw i just like okay i have to have it because it was a little you know more expensive i believe it was 50 something Mm -hmm. and i know on the website it says 65 but that's because um you know me is means um ceramic teacup Mm -hmm. so once it's done burning, you have that teacup. And so I have mm-hmm. this beautiful cat teacup. And then it also comes with a handmade um, kimono coaster. I'll show you that as well. And so this is where your candle, your teacup sits. So mm. it came with that. I love a candle with an accessory. Yeah, I know. It's my first candle accessory. It's really cute and pretty. And um, it's a white tea and mandarin scent. It's really lovely and light. So perfect scent to usher us into spring. The color of the wax is green so it furthers that that spring vibe it's super light and, and beautiful Not yeah it almost looks like it's meant to resemble tea itself oh yes that's that's a yeah good observation so once it's done i will have a beautiful hand-drawn cats uh, it comes in all different designs from i think there's a fish one if i can recall correctly and uh, she's, she sells other kinds of candles too all really lovely if you look on the Nostalgiana website, it's like these beautiful Valentine's Day candles. You can still get them. So, yeah, it's a really cool vendor that I came across at a fair and had to get that candle. And I, it's perfect um, part of my cat collection. <laughs> Go deep into my <laughs> my cat lady vibes. What a great find. And I, I can't get over the, the name of the maker, Nostalgiana. It, <laughs> it's a great drag name. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a fun one. All right, that wraps up our episode. We hope you're feeling less gloomy this winter uh, through some of these tips. If you do try them, please let us know. We'd love to see what you thought of the films or the your your version of the hot chocolate recipes or any other things that you do to stay happy and positive during winter. Um, you can let us know all the stuff that you created and did. Uh, on our social media accounts, we're at All Things Cozy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, um, and you can find us somewhere else this week. Jillian, tell our listeners oh, yeah. uh, where else you can hear us gabbing about coziness. In case you missed it, I'm Andy Smiley 
lovely new friend. She had us on her amazing podcast, The Friendly Podcast Guide. The episode that we did an interview with her dropped on Valentine's Day, which was perfect timing because we love her pod so much. It's a lot of fun. Um, Andy recommends podcasts that, there you have it, are friendly and they are cozy and your kids can be in the background when you listen to it. And she reviews podcasts all throughout the the year and sometimes she dives deep with certain podcasts and we were lucky enough to be one of those podcasts and we had a great time chatting with her. So make sure that you check it out and give Andy's podcast some love. Yeah, it was so fun to record. Uh, It was one of those times when you sit down with somebody and it just clicks, like the conversation just flowed very easily. It was really nice to talk to Andy and uh, an honor to be on her show. Um, So give it a listen. If you're, if you're not tired of hearing us talk (laughs) already, (laughs) the link is in our show notes. Yeah. And that does it for our episode. Um, Again, if you'd like to support the show, you can support us on Patreon. We are at patreon.com slash all things cozy. We'll be back in your ears in a couple more weeks with more coziness. Until then, stay cozy. cozy.